If you notice you're not having fun with your people anymore, you can't save them. They either are like, what are you doing now? Oh my God, you look amazing. What happened? Who's that boyfriend? What, what, what? And then they're either like, what'd you do? And then you start to share and they care or you start to share and they shut down. And then uh, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road. And when you really start to change, you might have to change your people. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the Minterbox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. CEOs on average read 60 books per year. Many attribute their professional success to this persistent quest for new wisdom and innovative excellence. MentorBox makes it easy for you to develop the same high-achieving habit of lifelong learning. As a person of action, you know that true ingenuity is the result of deep learning and knowledge. And just by listening to this podcast, you are working towards your goals every single day. If you're ready to wholly embrace this mindset, this 1% better every day, then check in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes. And if you want to dive deeper into the teachings of our guests, become a member at mentorbox.com today. There, you'll find new lessons uploaded several times a week, including one from Lauren Zander. Welcome listeners to the Mentorbox podcast. My name is Joy Folks. I'm Chief Content Officer at MentorBox, and I'm filling in for Tyler today. This week, I sat down with Lauren Zander, who is a life coach, university lecturer, public speaker, and the co-founder and chairwoman of Handel Group, an international corporate consulting and private coaching company based in New York City. Lauren is also the author of Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life a no-nonsense practical manual that helps readers figure out not just what they want out of life, but how to actually get there. She has spent over 20 years coaching thousands of private clients from Grammy-winning musicians to Fortune 500 CEOs. Her corporate clients have included executives from Sony BMG, The New York Times, Dropbox, LinkedIn, and Vogue, just to name a few. She has fixed corporate business relationships, mediated contract negotiations, reconciled marriages, and helped resolve complex family issues. In the early 2000s, Lauren created a groundbreaking methodology, the Handel Method, which is supported by top educators and psychologists, and has been taught in over 35 major universities and institutes of learning across the country. Today, we'll zig and zag across a variety of topics, but most importantly, we'll hone in on what it takes to be a life coach, how you know you need one, and the little voice in our heads who overrule our better selves. 
Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to watch you teach your method. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this common term of life coach. Sure. We hear it quite often, <laughs> but oftentimes we don't know who they are, what they are, what we should be looking for in one. Can right. you talk a little bit about your experience, um, you know, cultivating organization and building up coaching practices? Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. So mostly life coaches are should be helping you take the right actions and holding you to actions, mm -hmm. which is very different than a therapist, which is going into your past and, and understanding yourself, which may lead to you taking the right actions and may not, but you might be more comfortable with yourself and knowing yourself. I have been developing a method where you get to go deep and understand yourself and you take an incredible amount of action so you're being true to your vision for your life and so that's what I've been doing for 20 years. Sure. And um, when I started, there weren't, like, I was the only one I knew that was a life coach. That's amazing. Because Truly. now you see them everywhere, right? I don't, really, I don't look for them. <laughs> okay. Rumor has it they're everywhere. Well, I think moving to California, you know, you certainly hear of it more. I don't think necessarily on the East Coast it's as commonly spoken about. But here, I've heard it brought up in cocktail party conversations, mm -hmm. um, recommendations from other people. Mm -hmm. So it's an explosive entrepreneurial path right now. It's, which makes me very happy, right? Which really does make me happy. And my business is doing very well. And um, I'm proud to be like one of the founding mem fathers, mothers, yes. founding mommies of life coaching. Now, you've caught, taught courses at MIT before and yes. other universities. Can still. You still, still teach them still, every day. Still we've taught in over 35 different universities. Wow. And I'm regularly still at MIT, NYU, Columbia. Like, I'm regularly in these schools. Yeah, and in, even in high schools, mm -hmm. right? Can you talk a little bit about um, how the subject and the questions that are asked have changed from when you first entered this sphere to what's being asked of you today? how people have changed, what types of issues people are running into on a daily basis nowadays. Mm. So now you're talking about not in the schools, but you're talking about in corporate culture? Yes, corporate culture, um, just individuals that you've yeah. coached in the past. What are things that people are commonly struggling with that our listeners might relate to? So people feel pretty stuck in where they've gotten themselves to. Right, like so in regards to, well, they married who they married, their kids are who their kids are, their job is where that, like, so that the concept that they can really like rock their own life or get from, you know, from what I would call a six on a scale of one to 10, a six in an area and get that six to a nine in happiness mm -hmm. and what would they have to do? And it's beyond their conception, right? So, so people are coming to me because they're not as jazzed and a bit sedate. Mm -hmm. in, in middle life, right? Or they really have no idea what they want to do and they're scared they're going to blow it or scared they're going to like marry the wrong person, make sure. babies and then get stuck and look like their parents, <laughs> right? So it's like I am like pre-intelligent work to do or yeah, right, right in the 30s when you figured out you're not that happy sure, or before you head for your... 30s your when quarter you're like life crisis. Whole, right so there, so there's like good windows of exactly when a person belongs with me and it's about career love 
and making decisions. And then many, most people, you're like, what is, what's across the board? Most people do not know how to have difficult conversations. Okay. That's fascinating. Like actually difficult conversations that are in topics with whoever, fill in the blank, and how to have that conversation without hurting them. Like telling the truth seems to have evaded much of the species. So this is something I really want to talk to you about okay. because finding your inner truth, right, capital yeah. T, or even lowercase t, being mm. honest with oneself, right. that's a big topic that you tackle on a daily basis. Yes. How does one catch themselves in a lie? You know, what are these lies that we constantly tell ourselves and how do we shake ourselves out of it? So what I really teach is that most people don't understand and haven't fully investigated their own inner dialogue. Wow. Right? And it's like beyond, like, what do you mean my inner dialogue? Yeah, you know, the voice in there and the voices in there and everything that's going on in there that you think is you. Well, what if that isn't you, Right. And, what, and the beginning of starting to sort out what in God's name is creating all those little voices in your head and what are they doing for a living, right? And so pretty much I begin there and lying begins there, right? Because that excuse like snooze, 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 sure. right? What it, you know, my, one of my biggest revelations I had in my own life was I was unhappy that I wasn't exercising. I had gained a bunch of weight and I was like, shit, get me out of here. <laughs> right? And so I decided I'd eat right, but really what I decided was it was time to exercise. Okay. Right? And I would get up in the morning, like the game was get up in the morning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is right. a struggle. Screw, screw that. I didn't get up in the morning. Right? <laughs> so I had to, that's when I invented that I needed to make a promise and tell someone else my consequence. Like if I didn't get out of bed. And then I needed another consequence if my feet weren't on the floor in two minutes. Because I could get out of bed in 15 minutes, but I wanted to be out of bed in two minutes. And I, that's when I noticed how insane my own little voice in my head was. Like, I meant to get up. Like, who's in there that is such a jerk? Right. And then the next revelation was, this was the kicker. I would wake up before the alarm clock went off to discuss I was too exhausted to wake up. <laughs> How is that possible? I have possible? found myself doing this. You understand. This. Yes. Right? right? Awesome. Right? And so that, so that when I figured that out in my 20s, that was when I really understood the voices in your head. They don't even belong to you. They're, they're like weeds growing in your garden. Okay. Right? And if you don't figure out how to grow what you want, plant what you want, then good luck with what's already growing there. So this inner dialogue, yes. do you think that it belongs to um, your past or do you think that it can be cultivated to become a new inner dialogue, a new version all of, of the, yourself? So first of all, so in the entire method, that's what you're hunting down, sure. right? Ultimately, you're figuring out that you have your parents' lineage, which comes with culture and their dynamics and how you were, whether you like it or not, you're up to your eyeballs in your parents' issues. Sure. Figuring out how to break out of that or even hear your own parents. So like me, you know, my father is, um, was a very successful lawyer in Manhattan mm -hmm. and, ran, and had a, was running a law firm by the time he was 30, right? Anybody hear how stubborn and arrogant I might be? Like, Certainly. Like, like my daddy. My father is also right? a lawyer. I oh, definitely understand this right? ideology. Yes, <laughs> because I said so, right? Like, 
<laughs> exactly. Right. Like there's, there's, so like, how is that in my life and how is that voice running my life? And how is anybody want to be married to that girl? Right. <laughs> right. Like anybody want that mommy? Right. So, so what happens is, is that trait, which I got from my father, I need to learn, understand, make fun of and manage. And the only way to get access to it is through your inner dialogue, figuring out the ways you lie to yourself all you need to do is start to figure out what you wish you would say, right? Everybody actually knows what, what do you wish you could tell your mother? I wish I could tell her. Bam. And then you're like, I could never tell her that. Of course not. Right. And so everyone lives posturing around their truth. And so what happens in the book is that unless you actually sit down and write out your lies and write what you're not saying and write your laundry list, just because it's in your head doesn't mean you're ever going to change it. When you start to actually write it down and see it for what it is, then I swear what I'm really giving you access to is your higher self. And your higher self's, well, you can maybe say that or you could do that. Like all of a sudden you start getting some gumption up about what to do. And so that's all I've been doing for 20 years is helping people be true to a much higher self. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure you've had a lot of difficult conversations and I'm sure you've um, found a lot of new truths about yourself. Sure. When you found your truth and when yeah. you're comfortable with it, yeah. how does one go about calling other people out on their truths? So what I have discovered that is so goofy interesting is birds of a feather flock together. Okay. <laughs> That's And so you're, you may or may not be able to stay where you are because if you really want to change, all your friends have your issues, all your, like everybody's in on it with you. And so the minute you really start to do the work, you might find out that you're not that fun to be around anymore, right? So I was a bit of a sex, drugs, and rock and roll girl. Mm-hmm. And um, the minute I stopped doing the drugs, the, the sex, I didn't quite stop. But the, the <laughs> drug part, I certainly changed. And then um, part of the partying and not being healthy, mm-hmm. right? And then I really had to find new friends because either people were going to come with me and care. Like, so you go, how do you call it out? And I'm like, oh, that's very difficult. Right. Very difficult. As a matter of fact, be true to your, it's like get the oxygen on your face first. Okay. And then if you notice you're not having fun with your people anymore, you can't save them. They either are like, what are you doing now? Oh my God, you look amazing. What happened? Who's that boyfriend? What, what, what? And then they're either like, what'd you do? And then you start to share and they care or you start to share and they shut down. And then uh, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road. And when you really start to change, you might have to change your people. Sorry, that's bad news. Um, You can never change your family. No, that's... So my line about that is you came in with them. Your job is to, if there's any practice on fixing people, saving people, loving people, just do it on your main crew. Okay. Okay. That's it. They really, like you just share yourself and you share what you see and you don't actually try to make anybody change, but you share from your heart and you tell them like, I'm really disappointed. I really changed this. I really wish you would change this. I really see this for you. I love you. I wish this for you. What do you think? No. Got that. I'm on. Great. You know, if it comes up again for me that I really have to say something, I will. But duly noted. You have no interest, mommy, daddy, brother, sister, whoever, cousin. Did my due diligence. Right. Have to step back now. Yeah. Like you're you're not. Your job is not to change people, but to love people. And uh, particularly your family. 
Yes. And you, you change yourself, right? There's only one person to work on. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's you, right? You got full carte blanche. Nobody coming to tell you not to. That's your, that's your main stage. So do you believe that everyone is capable of change? Yes. You do? I totally do. That's beautiful. Some of my most favorite people in the world, like my most favorite changes in the world come from, um, like my best friend is a food addict. My other best friend is a sex addict. Like I've been with that. Like I, you like, I love freaking, I'm like <laughs> with the addicts. They have to surrender everything. And I understand the dark and the light it takes to be true to yourself and just how complicated the planet is and happiness is and humans are, right? So yes, I, and I see them, like if you saw my, like my best friend, Linda, you would understand how much work she had to do. And then I joke, she, came, she was raised by wolves, <laughs> right? Like you'd have to change too if you came from her trailer park, oh, sure. right? Like it's just, there's so many beautiful stories of people evolving and fixing everything in honor of being alive. So let's walk through a day in your life. Sure. How do you start your morning? Coffee. Uh, what? What? <laughs> what are your necessities? Coffee. And what are you looking for in every single day to feel fulfilled as a life coach? Okay. So I am really living a grit. Like I actually, thank God I walk my talk. Right. So I really I really am blessed and silly lucky. I'm actually madly in love with my husband. He is very hot. <laughs> and I damn well like waking up with him, except for the part where he snores. But I have the earplugs. Um, so it's all turned out. Um, <laughs> but that so I've been married and with my husband for 22 years. Congratulations. OK. Um, I have three really cute, awesome children. The good news about my kids is I'm not trying to turn them into anything. I'm impressed. Right, like my daughter is like the, like the only grade, like you ready? You're like, what grade does your daughter have to get to not be in trouble with you? She can't go under a C minus. That sounds fair. Right, and that she's really allowed to just, sex, like she can do sex, any, anything she, like as long as I, as long as she's making her choices, she's, she's free, okay? So that's a miracle, and I am producing that miracle. I did not have that miracle in my own life with my own mommy. Okay. I was under strict law and management, mm-hmm. right? And then I have two other kids, a son who's straight A, and a daughter. She's nine. Who knows? Right? <laughs> right. But um, so happily married, get up, got the kids rolling around. If I'm up early, David and I take turns on who might be making my, the kids breakfast in the morning. We have someone show up by 8 a.m. So everything's managed. That person does everything for, for me. Mm-hmm. And basically, I um, sit in my room mm-hmm. up on my bed with my hair in a dinghy. And I do Google Hangouts with, like, some of the most famous clients all over the world. Wow. Truly. And they get to see me, like, no makeup, giggling with, like, you know, hopefully the children are knocking on the door, like, I'm busy. (laughs) Right? But basically, I do that. Mm -hmm. I travel. Mm -hmm. I do podcasts, which I love. Hello there. I love podcasts. And... uh, that's about it. I make it into Manhattan maybe one or two days to see clients in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a variety of phone calls that are just business related. I have about 60 employees. Okay. You know, I'm kind of overall chairwoman of the company. So I answer like, final answer. Lauren Zander, what do you think? Larger decisions. Like big, big, big whoppers. 
Otherwise, everybody else is running their divisions. And it's really fun. Apologies for interrupting, but I do want to take a moment to point you in the direction of mentorbox.com. If you are unsure if you're stuck, it may be worth joining us online. At mentorbox.com, Lauren walks you through her 10-step Handel method so that you can personally evaluate where you stand before making that larger decision to hire a specialist. Become your best self. Join Mentorbox today. What do you look for when you're hiring your team? 60 employees, it seems like a lot. And you're trusting your clients' lives with their hands. Right. So what do you look for in a life coach, in an employee, in a partner? The only way to, so you have to do the method in order to learn the method. And you have to have been successful in your life before you could ever even ask to be a coach for us. Okay. Most people don't actually make it through the coaching program. Okay. So it's a miracle someone gets through the other side. Um, And it takes a real level of um, intelligence, commitment, care, and like cocky voice, happy to boss someone around a little. Fortunately, my scaling of my business will not rely on how many coaches I have Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'd be in a lot of trouble. So so it's like of the 20 people that are coaching, they have been with us for a long time and are stellar. Right. And this one, you know, was a social worker and then left social working to do that, like all different. This one was a teacher, was became a principal. And that like so it's all different walks of life that want to kind of sit home like I do, make make a good living and make a difference. And when you say success, that they've had success with a program or they have achieved some sort of success in their lives, what does success look like to you? So those 12 areas of life, Mm -hmm. they honestly are being true to their dreams. Right. They've cleaned up. And then in order to be a coach. Right. So let's say you're my client and you happen to have a history of cheating. Okay. Oops. Right. (laughs) Oops. Sorry. And um, in order to become a coach, you have to clean up every last person you cheated on. And uh, now will I make my client have to go back to every last person they cheated on. The odds that I can get them to go back to high school and tell their poor boyfriend that they did that when they're still friends on, with them on Facebook, not so great. But a coach, every last lie they've ever told, they clean up, period. Wow. And then every area of their life, they do their parent letters. They do, like, they're stunned. They literally come clean and free themselves and can tell their freak flags, like what makes you a freak. We're not trying to make a perfect person. We're trying to make a wholly honest person. So does that mean you're monogamous? No. It you, doesn't mean you have, like my sister Beth. Ready? Everybody breathe. <laughs> okay. She, you know, what, like her love life. Right now she's looking for Mr. Tuesday night and Mr. Saturday night. And she travels That's and good. everybody knows. And she already had a kid. Like it is not about Puritan, like goody two-shoe, like there's a right way to be. At all. It's literally what is being true to yourself and can you tell the truth about it to anyone and everyone. So any coach you work with with me, they're flying all their flags and you can see all of them. Should your coach be like you? Should be your, like you? Yes. Has your, should your coach have experienced similar things? You have a problem with cheating. Should you be working with someone who has overcome cheating? It's not bad. 
it's not really bad. I mean, I have enough coaches that people can be like, I'll take one. Right. Can I get get one that stop, change careers? Like we will match people with exactly what they're looking for and as close as we hear their issues. So the answer is yes. But do have I had all the issues my clients have ever had? Absolutely not. Hope not. No. So, um, but some, and I can relate to all of them. So it's not a bad idea. So I think that one of the struggles that I would have as a life coach would as be being one? yes, if okay. I were ever to enter this sphere, yeah, 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 is setting aside judgment. Uh huh. How have you cultivated this habit and this value system? I don't think that anyone's born without spreading judgment or bias or certain things like that. How do you set those aside or make sure they're not demonstrated when you're coaching? Okay. Well, first of all, I think we are ridiculously judgmental, and I don't even think I'm going to get you to stop being ridiculously judgmental. I wouldn't even try. As a matter of fact, the more you can know your judgments and your prejudices and tell on yourself, the funnier and more connected you will be to the other person. Okay. Right? So what lack of judgment? Right? We're judgmental. We're like, like, are you kidding? (laughs) Right? When am I giving up my judgments? I'm like, uh, not. Right. But when am I laying my judgments on you? Mm -hmm. Never. Right. There's like so it takes one to know one is more how like so this is how I feel about sex with my husband. And this is how I lay it out. And this is my truth. And these are this is my integrity in my marriage with my sex life. Mm -hmm. What would you like to be yours? So it's like takes one to know one. Right. And so then you right. And so as long as you're rating your life an eight or better or create a dream. So we, we get a person to do all their own thinking and then we're helping them be true to that thinking and calling shit out only if they're not being true to their own voice there versus that. And I tell on my, like, oh, in my life, I would never do that. This is how I run money, mm-hmm. right? This is how much savings I need. Why do you think you don't need more savings? How much, like, how long are you planning on living, right? So we make you face things that are does about savings, health, blah, like there's many does on earth. And then everything else is your own preferences. And then I hold you accountable to your preferences, not mine. But I show you mine, so you show me yours. Okay. Does that make sense? It so it doesn't take judgment out. It just relocates it into a way we can connect through it. Okay. Now, you put up your story. Mm. How many times do you think you've told your story to someone else? I never have to tell, like, depending on what I'm working on in their life, you get these, you know, you get this portfolio, right? Okay. Like if you're, if we're dealing with sex, it's over here. If we're dealing with body, it's over here. If we're dealing with career, it's over here. If we're dealing with the history of my love life, finding the love of my life, oh boy, we got to go over here, right? If we're dealing with parents, if we're dealing with like you know, do I err more on being a chicken or a brat? Anybody wonder? No, brat, right? I ain't no chicken. I'm a brat, <laughs> right? So to get me to put the cigarette down was like a revelation, Sure. right? So I'm just a, so I, basically I'm always teaching people how to tell the truth about themselves and change in honor of the dream. Okay, I'm going to run through a few questions for you. Sure. Uh, what's the last book that you read that you recommended to someone else? 
Oh, don't um, tell me you haven't read anything recently. Um, you are talking to someone. So let me just hear ready for my freak flag. Ready? Yes. You just you're like, hey Lauren, tell me about your freak flags. I'm like, I don't read. You're like, you don't read? I'm like, I don't read because I don't want to be influenced. I know that's even stranger. I want to, I'm a thinker and a creator, and I like literally will get to know your life story and invent everything I want to learn and method from just being with an individual. So I read plenty of people's stories and their whole homeworks. Like I'm reading 20 pages of a life three times a day. Mm -hmm. But in regards to the last book I read, hell no. Even a novel. Um, Anne Rice loves <laughs> sexy vampires. I'm like a sexy vampire. All right, Sleeping Beauty, let's like, go. Are you kidding? <laughs> Give me a sexy vampire story. <laughs> so dirty, trashy, kind of. My type of woman. You know, witchy, witching out. Like, <laughs> and then I love Tom Robbins. Okay. Like, I read Tom Robbins, right? But that, that's it. Right, and those would be vacation books. I mean, that's the importance of you know having the world's literature at your feet. You should be able to read whatever you want. It's yes. I also am a sucker for Anne Rice. Um, Are you? Come on. Uh, okay, what keeps you up at night? Nothing. I am a very good sleeper. Um, <laughs> truly, caffeine. Or if I drank too much, I could get the spins, and then I puke, and then I'm okay. Um, nothing. <laughs> Right? I'm pretty good and I don't do those things anymore, right? And I know exactly when I have to cut caffeine off so I never, right? Like, I sleep like a rock. What are, <laughs> what's a significant lesson that your parents taught you that you have instilled in your own children? So my mother gets, is like, I remember when my mother, like, uh, sat me down and there's two things she taught me. Never give up everything for sex. Like, never give up everything for sex. Sex is what the dogs do, Lauren. Okay. Right, like everybody does, like like everyone's making it into something it's not, and please don't ever forget, it's what the dogs do, Lauren. And I was like, that's hot, mommy. This is interesting. My father talks regularly about his parents. He grew up on a farm, and I'm just like bringing him out and showing him the cows and being like, this is how it works, and like, just remember that. <laughs> Sex ad in the back in the day. <laughs> right? So, okay. So that was revolutionary to me about how much taboo and, and how creepy it's become on earth. Like, no one knows how to deal with how simple it could be. Mm -hmm. Right, really? And, and it's so far from that. So that was always revolutionary to me from my, from my mom. Mm -hmm. And then the other she, thing she said that also radically changed my life was it's not when things are good that you want to know how people are with you, Lauren. It's when the shit hits the fan that you really understand how friend, who, who are your friends, how's your, like the man you're gonna be with. It's when, when something, when you're ugly, they're ugly, something goes ugly, it's the resolution that, that matters. And that's what to judge a person on your people by. Not when everything good. And I was like, you rock, mommy. That's so hot. essentially who sticks by you when shit hits the fan? No, like not just that, but just like, how loved you feel, how got your back you feel, like your people don't have you when things are good. Things are good, it's easy. It's when things, when, when you're a mess, when you're, like when something's up, when you need help, when something bad happens, that's when you see who people really are, right? And so a lot of times over my years of helping people and knowing right people, the hardest time is somebody died, somebody got cancer, something happens to them. And then they're so messed up at where did all their people go? 
or they got, they're getting divorced. Ugh. People living through divorce and then finding out who their real friends are kills people, kills people, right? And it, was, and it wasn't because that person wasn't that person before the divorce. They just never cared to understand how deep their relationship wasn't, right? So people get devastating lessons. And so my mom always kind of had me clued into that. Mm-hmm. So when you're communicating this to your children, mm. do oh, you right. direct quote? Do you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Grammy. Grammy taught me this. <laughs> Grammy doesn't get a, like, Joel gets a bunch of credit for many things. Grammy gets a few credit for certain things. But those two points are hers, and they, they changed my life. And my kids know them also. Amazing. For sure. Uh, what makes a lasting marriage? Uh, in your life? I never wanted to change my husband. I never thought he should be someone different. I never was marrying someone he was going to become. I married the man I was with and was in love with that guy. And guess what? He's still that guy. That's great. Right? People, you should fall, like your best friend's still that person. Right? Fall in love with the person they are, not the person you hope they'll become. People really fall in love with their checklists in ways that are so lame. So uh, for our listeners, what's the best way to learn more about you, learn more about your business, and uh, seeking help themselves? Go to handelgroup.com, H-A-N-D-E-L, group.com. And um, we have blogs for like 20 years now. And (laughs) you can get everything you ever wanted. And we have programs. We have price points. I couldn't, I like want everybody to have everything. Right. So whether you full menu, long standing, lots of free things, lots of videos, lots to give it away. And also if you want like private, lots of help, it's just everywhere. We have a program called Inner You that's 10 sessions, like a podcast, 10 sessions with me Amazing. with the homework digitally, very reasonably priced. Or you can hire a full-time, like a coach who can really get into your whole life with you. And I just want to touch on this before yeah. we sign off today. Yeah. How does one know that they're stuck? I think this is something you brought up in the very beginning. I want to come back full circle. Yeah. How does one person know, you said, if your life's not at eight yeah. or above. Yeah. Is that your reference point? How yeah. do you know when you're stuck? I think if there really is proud of yourself and ha- like singing in the car, happy to be alive and looking forward to your whole life, right? You're looking forward to your finances. You're looking forward to your ambition in your career. You're looking forward to your love life, whatever that means to you, right? You're, you're happy to be alive. Okay. And just to touch on this, yeah. because I think it's important, you might identify this as a New Yorker, yeah. but- I think there are certain people that aren't generally happy on a daily basis. Yes. They have melancholy personalities. Yeah. yeah. How do you know you're living your best self if you're not a happy-go-lucky person in general? You're not. You would fail my test. Really? Yes. I think enjoying yourself and being happy. Now, it's perfectly okay if you're a sarcastic, snarky, but giggling, dark. Like, I don't need you to be like, I'm happy. Like, I don't need you to look like a golden retriever. Okay. <laughs> Right, you can look like a Doberman sure. or a Chihuahua, right? Like you could look like any type of personality of a dog, but you're happy to be alive. That's that like you're proud of yourself and you want to wake up the next day. If you do not want to get out of bed, 
If you do not want to talk to your husband, if you do not want to go out on a date, if you don't, you know you have reluctance. So what you're, what you're doing is facing, if you're reluctant or disappointed or your inner dialogue is mean or lame, you need help. Because okay. we, can, we can really, humans are so special. And we haven't even begun to face how much magic's in us. That's for sure. It is a miracle to be alive. Yes. And we are, you know, we, we're far from, like, we, 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 humans need to catch up to the iPhone, right? <laughs> what like do you te- mean by that? <laughs> technology is, like, magical, advanced, and wildly intelligent, whereas emotional intelligence, not so much, right? We want X, but we're doing Y. Like, we can't even get out of bed when we want. I couldn't even get out of bed when I wanted to. <laughs> How is that a functional piece of equipment, right? I can't get my mind to do what I want it to do. Mm-hmm. That's sick. A study came out this weekend that I thought was really fascinating. Um, there's this argument that your inner dialogue when you speak one language is a completely different personality than your inner dialogue when you speak a second language. Really? So that could. you could make certain understandings that, you know, if I learned Spanish or French in a later section of my life, it might have been a different inherited personality than, you know, what I absorbed from my English-speaking parents and things like that. So I think it's really fascinating what you can do with this conversation. Recently, I read about also speaking back to your inner dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really important tool. I don't know if you've encouraged this. I have a name for it. It's called a talkback. Okay. Right, so I have people purge Mm -hmm. whatever is upsetting them, and and then I even have how to tag each sentence, I have you, I teach you how to dissect your inner dialogue all the way to a talk back and how to address it and wh- what, what are the components of a healthy talk back and how to get you to get your higher self is the talk back. Wow. Yeah. So yes, I'm 20 years, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm up your inner dialogues. Yes. All right. So MentorBox podcast <laughs> listeners, uh, in the notes, we'll have section um, links exactly to get in touch with Lauren and Lauren's team. Yeah. Uh, MentorBox has recorded a lesson, which we'll release, release later this summer. And otherwise, uh, I wish you the best of luck in getting unstuck in your life. And um, thank you for joining us today. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.